0: Uh, do you have a joke for me, Graham? Um, well, I was thinking about it. I was trying to think of some kind of joke that we could do to talk about the game uh, Celeste. But like after the Velveties I think we've
1: reached our peak. Mm. I mean, it's a new year, Graham. It's new year, new us. Yeah. So. Um... Well, but that was I was trying
0: to make a mountain climbing joke there.
1: Ah! <laughs> Whoa! But. Uh... Man, it's a new year, but I'm still the same old gullible me. (laughs) How's it going, Graham? Thanks.
0: Just kind of like flying under the radar there.
1: You you could say I missed the point of that one.
0: Yeah. No. All right. Really had to reach for that one.
1: Hello everyone and welcome to the Velvet Room Review. I'm Matthew. And I'm Graham. Graham, I feel like uh, we haven't done this in a while. I'm, I'm feeling kind of off. Yeah, it feels like it's been it... since last year. <laughs> I wasn't even trying to make that joke, but it worked so well. Uh, how, are you? how is your new year, Graham? It's been pretty good, yeah. Have you, have you been playing lots of games on your time off over the holidays?
0: Yeah, so this game came out recently called um, Super Smash Bros.,
1: I haven't heard of it. Is it Super is Smash Bros Ultimate?
0: Uh yeah, it's pretty it's pretty mainstream. It's oh. pretty popular. Yeah. It's on this little system called the Switch. Oh yeah, I have one of those. Yeah. Yeah, it's um, alright. So, yeah, I think I've played a lot more of it than I thought <laughs> I did.
1: I saw you playing today. Yeah. So, um uh, yeah, I got I got a Switch for Christmas, and I'm, I've been really loving it. I love the feature um, that it tells you how many hours somebody's played a game. Yeah, no, that's really useful. Do you want, do you want me to check your hours right now? Uh, sure. <laughs> okay, just give me a second. Um, yeah, uh, but this week we're going to be talking about uh, a Canadian game, which is exciting. I do not uh, think I
0: realized it was Canadian.
1: Yeah, it is. We're starting off strong. Uh, let's see here gram signed off 4 minutes ago. Um oh, it doesn't tell me, it just says first played 9 days ago. Let doesn't me see if I can Yeah. I might be able to. Uh oh, you've been playing Stardew Valley. I see that. I played a little bit of that. You played Odyssey for 20 or more hours?
0: Yeah, that was a good game. Yeah.
1: All right. Anyways, so we didn't mention Did we mention what we're talking about, gram? I don't think we have yet. Uh, yeah, so we had to switch things up a little bit. We know we said we were going to do Persona 3 first, but we had to push that back a little bit. No big deal. And this week we're going to be talking about Celeste, which came out January 25th of 2018. So it's almost a year old. Yeah. Um Yeah, so this is a Canadian game, uh, an indie game developed by a couple of people. Yeah. Um Graham, what did you think of Celeste?
0: Oh well, first I want to give a quick shout out to our friend kevin
1: oh right yeah suggested it to me at least he's, a, no. he's suggested suggested to myself as well that was probably may of last year <laughs> it's been a little was, while it was it was right around our challenge episode that's yeah. when he first brought it up to me which i think was may of last year so it was a while ago um so thank you kev for the suggestion yeah no
0: definitely um so i really enjoyed this game um, I have a little bit of a history with the creator, oh, in really? that like, I started like following him right around the time he started making games. Okay. Like back on Game Maker games forums, um, way back when I was a kid, and he came out with this game called Jumper, that was like this kind of like, hardcore platformer game, but it was really well made. Um, from what I can remember. And I've, like, he's, I've kind of lost, stopped following him for a while, just because things happen, like, you know. Yeah, for sure. Um, But then, yeah, I saw that he made this, and it's just cool to see that. And, yeah, no, this game is phenomenal. It's got, it's so hard, but also so much fun and actually really engrossing in a way that i didn't really expect
1: yeah it's really nice to see um just on the topic of like canadian indie games like celeste did so well you know critically and and financially but also cuphead came out last year and did really well as well so it's just kind of cool to see the smaller canadian devs i mean it doesn't really matter in the long end of things but it's cool to us as canadians like oh there's somebody who's not Ubisoft <laughs> or Bioware making a game from Canada, so that's pretty cool. Yeah, I like that the game takes place in Canada. That's nice. That is cool. Um, yeah, Celeste was a really, really uh, fun game. Like, I I had Kevin recommended it to me. Another person recommended it and said, "Man, it's really frustrating. Like, it's tough." And the thing that I found while playing through the game is that while it was difficult, it was never frustrating.
0: That's a very good way of putting it.
1: And, um, I think it's for, like, a couple key factors is that each level has its own little, um, gimmick or gameplay mechanic, um, that you get used to and you kind of work around, but then you move on, it's not necessarily there anymore, so there's that freshness each level of something new, a new difficulty to overcome, Mm -hmm. and also that you die and respond instantaneously. There's no lag there, it's, you could do a hundred runs, you know, in ten minutes, and it, you know, it it, it gets you right back into the action. It's it's it takes away the consequence, I guess, of the death. Mm-hmm. Unless there's no the, there's no yeah. one
0: saying like, you did bad, you died.
1: Yeah, it's just go again, you know. And it, all it is is just like get to the next screen. And so you, the, the the disappointing or the frustrating deaths are like when you reach the very end and then you make a mistake and you die. Yeah.
0: No, the game never really. I never really felt like, oh, that was cheap of the game. Or like the game, like my deaths were my fault, and I knew that I could do the thing that it wanted me to do.
1: Yeah. Or, or I, I found most of the time it's just like your deaths are basically your trial and error, right? Yeah. You d- you only die because you need to learn how to do it. Once you learn how to do it, it's just putting inputs in correctly at the proper timing, and that's what I really liked. For most of the chapters, like the the only enemy was the timing. Like if you got your timing down, then it would be you'd have a good run. Uh, there were a couple levels, um, that I felt were a l- little less about timing, but I can't really remember them. I think the caves level I remember being more of the weaker points for me. But uh, one section I really loved was when that part of you first appears, and it starts chasing you. And like it, it, it chases your your movements exactly, but it yeah. won't it won't kill you unless you unless it catches up to you or you hit it. But it was kind of like a fun little, <laughs> I don't know, kind of like kind of like snake, esque, mechanic where you have to kind of dodge where you've been before, to avoid uh, dying. It reminded me a lot actually of Mario Galaxy, the
0: purple coin missions where there's like the shadow Mario following you. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, that was that was cool. There was a lot of really cool moments in the game.
1: Oh, for sure. Um, yeah, just a really a really solid game. I had my one friend Eric. He was very mad at me because I didn't really go for the strawberries.
0: <laughs> I really love the concept of the strawberry
1: because we it's got... like variable about... difficulty. Well, that's exactly it. We got into actually a pretty heated argument about whether I'm supposed to be going for the strawberries or not because he was saying well it's not really complete experience unless you go for the strawberries and my logic was to him well the developer told me I don't need to go for the strawberries therefore it's not critical to the experience that they want to tell or want to give me going for them and plus I was just trying to get that as fast as possible that being said I love the fact that they are there that they're totally optional, that you don't need them to progress, necessarily. Um, You need them to get, like, a good ending, but it's not a detrimental ending if you don't get them. And, like you said, it's that difficulty adjustment, where you're just scaling things up a bit. I also like that it's not just, oh, you touched the strawberries, you got it. You have to get the strawberries back to a safe point in order to actually collect them.
0: Yeah. So you can't just Jump in a pit and get it and then
1: And then have die. it and then move on. Yeah, it's, it's about getting in and getting out at the same time. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of neat collectibles, I feel, that unfortunately I wasn't able to like figure out how to obtain. Like I remember one section very early on, I found this blue heart that was like, encased in the mountain. And I just I spent like 10 minutes trying to figure out how to get in, You know, going to different screens or sides of the screen. And I kind of said, well, I don't know how to do this, so I'm just going to move on. But... I know there was, you know, there's the hearts, there's the strawberries, there's the tapes. Is there something else?
0: Mm hmm. Um, I think that's it. Because you have the hearts open up like the final area.
1: Right. Mm mm-hmm. um, Did you go into that area? So I went into the area, but I didn't have any hearts.
0: Yeah. So I did the
1: same. Yeah. So. Um, Did you get to play any of the, the B sides? I only ever found one B side and I had not had a chance to play it um but i understand the concept they're basically a if i understand correctly a harder version of the level incredibly difficult Ooh, incredibly difficult okay like um
0: i got it for the i beat it for the second level in the game and they're a lot shorter but they're like 10 times as hard and it's um it was really fun but like crazy hard
1: see that, i like i like that it's a collectible that unlocks something meaningful and enjoyable but you don't need to have done it to complete the game yes yeah i mean i think i think the developer or urs i think there is multiple ones they did a very good job at balancing the game properly both in difficulty and fun story and gameplay and then also collectibles and what they unlock
0: yeah nothing really felt useless like there wasn't really a part of the game that was like oh they could have cut that out yeah
1: yeah and with the collectibles it's also like they're letting the player decide how they want to play the game you know if if you just want it to be a a six-hour experience you can play just the main story and 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 do that if you want to be really hardcore about it and you want to brag to your friends then you can play all the hard missions you can get all the strawberries get 100 percent, and kind of wear that as a badge of honor but you don't have to do that yeah yeah it's neat um what did you think of the story overall
0: i really liked it um it really resonated with me Hmm. i think that's one of the reasons why i was like yeah we should we should really do this um as a podcast episode um, because I think the thing that kind of really stood out to me, aside from the story that was like the fantastic, just the story itself, was how well the story tied in with the gameplay mechanics. Um like how you're you're literally climbing this mountain and trying to overcome something.
1: Yeah, I I really like the story as well. Um, like yourself, like, I think most people can probably relate or it speaks to them in some way for myself like you know for those who don't know like um the game is basically about this girl climbing wants to climb a mountain because she feels that she has to but she's very anxious she's got a lot of uh, mental health issues and while she's climbing the mountain this other part of herself breaks free and is actively trying to to stop her so the conflict is mainly between madeline that's the name of the character or you can change her name and the other part of her mm-hmm. um yeah so I, I really liked that aspect the the idea of kind of fighting yourself almost or, or in conflict with yourself like that really spoke to me personally not not so much like the anxiety or whatnot, but i really liked when the two the two kind of um reconciled and they decided to work together and then you got the double jump i was like oh my word That's yeah awesome. no that that's, was some um,
0: mechanics as metaphor right there.
1: Yeah, exactly. And then the last level, the last level is one of like the best experiences I've had so far in 2019. <laughs> just um, because they give you the double jump and then they throw every mechanic that you faced so far but in a way that's just short enough to be fun and not stick around too long, but it's also fast-paced you really feel like you're accomplishing something because you're going from the bottom of the mountain all the way up to the top with the two characters together, and they're encouraging each other on the way up. And it's just a really positive uh, last level, a climax with great music as well, great soundtrack. At oh the end. yeah,
0: yeah. No, the soundtrack. I have the soundtrack on my phone. Like, it's yeah, it's great.
1: Yeah, I, I, if I would give the game any negative any it's very little i think and this is a, a little personal preference like the story is and and the moral of the story is not is not very subtle it's very very in your face about it which is fine i don't think it needs to be subtle but that's one thing i think you know some people might prefer and the other is they had a really awesome section with madeline and the Ew. guy Theo, thank you, I was going to say Tyrone, <laughs> Theo. Um, near the end of the game, we are just sitting around a campfire and talking. And there's dialogue options, and they don't do that ever again or before. It's just that one instance where you had this little dialogue tree, which I wish they would have done maybe a little bit more of. It kind of really built up the characters a little bit, built up the world, and it was just a nice break from all the action.
0: Yeah, no, that was definitely good. You can find Theo like in one of the first couple chapters and like talk to him at but it's not uh, like a dialogue tree.
1: Yeah yeah I really liked I liked Theo as as an inclusion. Uh, one of the nice things about the game for me was like I was trying to suss out okay is this like an actual mountain that we're climbing that has mystical properties or is it all just a metaphor in this girl's head and at the end of the game, I mean, I haven't 100 in it, so I guess I don't really know. It doesn't really matter. You know, it's just all these characters. That's the thing for me. I was like, I wasn't sure if Theo was real or if the old granny was real. Hmm. So, but I think I would consider them all to be real per se. But, yeah. Real enough to matter? Yeah, real to her, right? Real to Madeline. Mm hmm. So, yeah. That's such a good game. Oh man. <laughs> yeah,
0: I think, I think my total deaths at the end of the game
1: were around fifteen hundred. Yeah, that sounds about right for me. Um, let me look it up here. Uh, I, I I do like that they give you that counter, but again, the thing is because the game, like it, it it turns over so quickly, it doesn't feel like you've died that many times. Like I died like two hundred fifty times on one level. I'm like, holy cannoli! I didn't feel like that at all no oh
0: that probably explains like I was reading an interview of the developer or no I was watching a speedrun have you seen a speedrun of this game no
1: I have not I can only imagine
0: oh my goodness it's incredible um, they go like faster than you could ever imagine but um, he was saying that most people do around 1000 to 1500 deaths in their first run
1: wow so they collect those statistics then they must do, yeah. That's interesting. I like when games do that. I like when they put out stuff like that. Yeah, it's rare that they do. Yeah. Let's see here. I'm just loading up my save file. I had uh, 1,264 deaths. Yeah. And it took. Well, but I only got 24 strawberries. So I'm assuming you got a lot more strawberries than I did. You got how many strawberries? 24.
0: 24. Yeah, I got more than that. Let me so check. You had lots of deaths getting the strawberries, I, I imagine. Probably. I'm checking now. Let's see. Where do you find that?
1: I just found it in, Like loading up the save file. Oh, I have 90. And it took me six and a half hours. Okay, so yeah, we, we beat the game in a similar amount of time, but you got a lot more strawberries than I did.
0: Yeah. I guess, like, there were some that I would... Skip, or I would try it a few times and then skip. Yeah, there were some that like I looked at, and I'm like mm, nah. Yeah, and but I tried to pick up as many as I could without it feeling like if I was hitting a wall, I would stop and move on to something else. Yeah,
1: was there any chapter that you disliked more than the others? I think it
0: was the temple the one where um you've got theo in a ball oh a crystal yes
1: that's the one i didn't like
0: so much i think that one it's around the midpoint of the game and i was starting to get just a little bit tired i think
1: yeah yeah
0: um like before that you had the the super cool like starry blocks that you could pass through um those were neat I like those a lot. Those are fun, um, and like the start, and like I don't know, it was just kind of a.
1: Well, I think I think you're you're right in the fact that's it's like it's basically five chapters, and that's the, the fifth of those chapters, and then there's the break where you talk with Theo, and the story kind of progresses pretty pretty heavily, so it's like you're playing, you're playing, you're playing, and then it just kind of drags on a little, just a little much but then you get the time to sit down and just kind of relax, relax for a bit. Yeah. So and then it probably pumps up to another level. Yeah. Yeah. Build that tension and, and kind of take a break from the gameplay and then it amps it up in the next chapter. Yeah. So, uh,
0: there was, um, there was one moment in the game where I had to like put down the controller in a good way because like I was so blown away by it. Okay. Um, this might not have happened for you, but um, the section where Madeline's confronting her other self, and she's like, "Oh, uh, actually, I think I'm just gonna leave you behind. I don't need you anymore." Yeah. And the other self gets really angry, um, and there's all like the tentacles on the screen and stuff. Um, the the other self actually starts to climb out of the text box. Yeah. And like that just blew my mind. <laughs> just because like it's such like uh, I was talking with Kevin a little bit about this actually but it's like it's such an assertion mm. to say like like you are not in control here that that character is. Right. Uh it was um I just really like that section.
1: Yeah, that was a great moment cuz like you you could probably be persuaded that that's the climax like Madeline's letting go of her other self she's she's leaving it behind right and you kind of think oh it's all that's the right choice and it's all all happy go lucky and then the other part of you lashes out
0: yeah it's like nope
1: yeah it's uh it's still a part of you yeah and i think that's that's a very good point it's like you in that regard, you can't necessarily just let that part of you go uh, that easily or that brashly. Because it was very like, I don't need you, right? Um, yeah. And uh, yeah, it's life's not that easy. <laughs> nope. Yeah, for sure. Um, I do have another technical issue, and I'm not sure if this is a Switch problem or a game problem. Did you just okay. play this only on the Switch? I only played this on the Switch. Okay. I can't tell you how many times I went to dash right and I dashed up and right. Oh, did you use the stick? I Well, yeah, I was using the stick like a like a pleb. And, yeah. well... Well, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't mean to agree with to no, you on kind of that one. It's, no, it's like... So I, I just normally use the stick because I'm, I'm used to that. And to me, like using the D-pad to go up and right... It's very foreign it's very strange to me to have i don't know i just I'm, I'm more comfortable using the stick and so i told eric like man this is really frustrating like i'm i'm clearly holding right on the thumbstick but it's pushing me up and right and i don't know if it just like the tec- detection on the switch is a little bit more touchy i don't know if that's a thing compared to like a playstation 4 uh controller but it was it was getting me killed a lot and i was getting really frustrated and so he agains like, well, just use a D-pad, and I'm like, well, no, that's, I I was on, under... I feel that if a developer programs a game to work for the with a certain control scheme, I should be able to use it properly, without having a better method like the D-pad, but mm-hmm. yeah, I, it was frustrating, but I understand that. I don't know, I, I I don't know again, I don't know if it's a Switch thing, I like I'd like to try it out on a PS4 to see what the difference might be, but...
0: That would be interesting. Like, I mean, the Switch
1: also has a bit of a weird D-pad, too. It does, because it's not it's on a connected D-pad. Or it's not really even a D-pad, it's more just, like, the, the four buttons. Yeah. Yeah, so... But I, I gotta tell you, like, the Switch is a really solid console. <laughs> like, in terms of... I was able to play most of this game in the car, traveling during the holidays, not while I was driving, of course, but, uh, <laughs> like, it was it was so nice just to pick it up, get in the car, and play, and then, oh, family's over, whatever, they're all going to bed. Alright, I'll just pull this out and play it, and, um, you know, you don't need any big setup. I would also say, or I would probably say that it's probably better played just in your hands than on the screen, I found. I found it to be more enjoyable to have it, to have my hands closer to the action. Okay, but again, I played was... about half and half. Yeah, again, that might be something that's personal preference, but
0: yeah, and no, I can agree with you. The stick, there were times where, like, if I I used the stick primarily, for yeah. right, my whole thing, and um, there were times where I was, um, I would switch to the D pad for times if I was doing something, I was having trouble with it. Um, but most of the time I was able to kind of like figure out the sweet spot, I -hmm. think. Mm -hmm. Um, the thing actually that kind of got me on the switch for a while was the rumble, um, because it's really strong.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah.
0: So I actually found a bit later in the game that there's an option in the options to turn it down to 50%. Oh, that's kind of neat. Yeah. Like, I could handle it with the Pro Controller on the TV. That was fine. But, like, holding it on the system, it was, like, it was too loud. And it was, like, too strong. So, I was grateful that they were able to, they -hmm. gave an option to turn it down.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm just looking at the game's Wikipedia page here. So, it won Best Independent Game and Games for Impact Awards at the 2018 Game Awards. Mm Mm-hmm and uh as at as at the end of 2018 the game it's all over half a million copies which doesn't seem like that much to be honest but i, I i'm sure that's a huge success for a, such a small team um, yeah and especially like a fairly niche genre uh, yeah yeah i guess so like it, it it only had a digital release right did it did it release physically it might have had
0: one of those like limited edition releases
1: yeah but like I mean, it's sold like four thousand physical things or something. Yeah, and I think I think that has a lot to do with sales too, because I I think a, a lot of people still do would look at the store and probably pass it by, where yeah, in well, a physical it's store, there's less also selection
0: extremely there. expensive on a physical store.
1: Well, depending on what the game's priced at, yes. Yeah, But so, without, I mean,
0: without getting into the economics, it, it would be fairly expensive for them to put oh it on you the
1: mean yeah 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 for them to yeah absolutely for sure especially f- for their launch right it's it's much easier for them just to yeah i meant more for from the consumer end right for the online store there's just such variety there it, it oh can be easy, yeah easily overlooked but in the store you know lower price point less selection better chance to make a purchase but um yeah. still yeah no it's awesome um yeah, and I didn't realize it, it released on all consoles at the same time. I thought it came out for the Switch later, but uh, no, it, it came out for Switch, PS4, Xbox, PC. I don't second. think I realized that. I think, I think what they're doing is um doing a physical release for the Switch, if I remember correctly.
0: Yeah, because I think the Switch is the console it sold the best on.
1: Seems to be a bit I, of a trend. I, I can see that. I can see that for sure. Well, again, another. Uh, yeah, I wonder what that metric is. I don't know if that's like actual, sale, like physical number of sales or sales for each percentage of, you know, consoles on the market or whatnot. But. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just awesome to see like such a small team have such a big success. Yeah, no, it's it's made a
0: sim, like a uh, a significant impact. Um, on the gaming community at the very least well I,
1: yeah yeah you're right I, I i just like to see independent games become so popular and yeah. like you know we see it so often now it's not that surprise i don't know that, that it's that surprising anymore but i like to see it continue to happen right where yeah you look at say an in, independent i use that in quotation marks games like pubg that was really popular, or let's say Daisy, very very popular, goes in uh, goes into like Alpha and never comes out Alpha, right? And has this huge player base that that eventually moves on. It's so nice to see an indie game that is fully developed, polished, and just such a well-rounded experience come out and do well, and just leave a, a nice a nice stain <laughs> on your gaming record instead of a kind of like a negative or a disappointing one.
0: Yeah, no, it's um, certainly less common in this day and age Yeah. for that kind of a breakout hit. So it's, no, it's good to see.
1: Yeah.
0: It's like that and Cuphead were kind of like the two big indie breakouts of last year from what I can remember.
1: Yeah, I really want to play Cuphead. I'm
0: it's pretty excited. good. It's also very hard. I know.
1: Uh, can we play that together? We should play that together. We could look into that. Yeah, that'd be fun. We've yet to do a co-op game. <laughs> yeah, we're working on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Any final thoughts, Scram? Any final comments? Um,
0: I don't know. I think like just that it's a really great experience. I would highly recommend it. Um, the soundtrack's phenomenal. It's it's a must-play. I think. I would I would like it's one of those games like in the same bracket as something like to the moon um what's to the moon oh okay okay <laughs> I, c- I can put that on our list okay potential potentially okay um regardless for those of you who know what to the moon is uh it's it's the same kind of like echelon as to the moon and like with the same kind of like emotional impact and i think that's really impressive very nice. To yeah. To the Moon's like this couple hour long um story driven game.
1: Okay. Cool. Hey, I I love playing games, so I'll check it out. Um what would you rate it on our scale? Um ooh, hmm, I hadn't
0: thought of this enough. I'm I'm leaning towards like a nanako Ooh, okay. Have we ever rated the game a nanako before? Yeah, I think we've done a couple. I
1: should be keeping track. It's like a, a Yukiko or a Nanako. Like, uh, I'm gonna go with the Risei because it's got the vibrant colors, it's got the cool music, but it also has that that conflict with self, right? And and has got that. You know, she's trying to leave one life behind, but really that life's a part of her. So I'm gonna give it a Risei, but I can nice. I I can see the argument for giving it a Nanako. But personally, I don't love it you know beyond what measure so no that's that's valid <laughs> um
0: yeah i think it would probably it's i i should have thought of this before now but it's it's definitely up there for me i think it would be probably a nanako or a nanako that's, or a
1: that's totally fair
0: just because like it honestly just really i was thinking about putting it in the velveties for last year yeah As one of my choices, but, um, it was a tough one between that and God of War for me, so.
1: Yeah. A lot of good games came out last year. A lot of good games. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Well, um, before we go, we have to take care of some business, Graham. Okay. I don't think, I think we were supposed to talk about this before, but we didn't. (laughs) Okay. First, First and foremost, um, I've set the podcast up on Instagram and Twitter, um, I. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, um, I mean, we've been using Facebook since we started, and, and then it's a, it's a great medium, I find, personally, just because it's so convenient for us and, you know, our close friends who listen to the podcast. But I'd like to open up the other avenues, particularly Twitter, because I think that is a platform that a lot of people who might like the podcast might use. And, um there's a lot of anti-facebook stuff out there <laughs> so I, I think diversifying you know where people can follow us and mm-hmm. get the newest episodes would be good plus you know i don't like spamming people's facebook pages with our content necessarily so if you'd like to um follow us on one of those platforms uh instagram and twitter it's just the velvet room review just search it up you'll find us there um and just like i don't know why i said it like that wow Just like uh, Facebook. Every time new episode's come out, we'll make the post there. So it'll just be another way for you to find that. Um, As always, do please spread it around. Tell your friends about the podcast um, if you enjoy it. We do appreciate appreciate that. One other thing. Um, We've set up a tips page on uh, Pinecast for the podcast. Um, So it's kind of basically like Patreon, but different. And uh, Graham and I kind of talked about doing a a patreon account um, a couple months ago and we kind of decided not really the right thing um, not the right time
0: at the very least
1: yeah yeah and and uh, as the year kind of came to a close I was internally myself deb- debating you know should we do something like a patreon account or or not bother and the the po- uh, podcast hosting site we use uh, it's called Pinecast um, it offers a tips service so basically you can tip us money if you like the content. And I decided to go with that above Patreon, A, because we want to support the people who help us host the website. Um, you know, we want to support Pinecast because we use them. Um, they're
0: a fantastic service, yeah, honestly.
1: They're, they are really awesome. The statistics we can get from them, um, how we can see what episodes do well, what, what doesn't work as far as, like, posting the episode here or posting the episode there is good. Um, It's just a great, great service. And we do pay for it. Um, So that's part of the reason we wanted to do this. It's not the idea of, oh, we're going to make lots of money eventually one day. It's just, hey, we are putting our time and our money into, A, paying for the site, uh, B, paying for games that we might not necessarily be buying, and C, also, we have to get some better... Play them. Play them. (laughs) We have to get some better equipment I know at least myself I'm I'm looking at upgrading my equipment so it's not necessarily if the idea of well you're gonna, we want the listeners to pay for it It's hey we're gonna buy this buy these things and we'd like to maybe you know have a reserve fund for an emergency break right down of our microphones or there's this game that's out that's on sale awesome we'll just pay with that with that or it covers the website fees and lets us get more services from the website as well because they offer even more detailed uh, statistics for those that are higher what's the subscription service <laughs> um yeah so that is totally optional you know we don't expect anybody to actually do it <laughs> and i also decided not to do a patreon because with patreon there's a lot of goal oriented um donations or or giving right if you donate this much you're going to get this and while that's awesome, if you've got the time to do that, we don't really have the time to say, hey, if you donate $10 a month, they're going to get three bonus episodes. You know, we'd, we'd, we'd like to be able to do that for those who do donate, but that's not a restriction we'll have under Pinecast. We can just say, hey, because of these donations, we were able to buy this game. We did a quick episode on it. Enjoy. Um, yeah, so if you'd like to do that, it's just tips.pinecast.com slash jar slash the velvet room review but with dashes in between each word um, we can we can put a link somewhere yeah i'll put a link in the um show notes of the episode if you will and also back on onto our facebook instagram and twitter pages and again um it's only if you'd like to um pinecast does take a small cut I mean, it's I think it's like 15%, which is very reasonable. Patreon takes a similar percentage, and uh, again, also we want to compartmentalize the podcast as well. We don't want to have three different uh, web pages to go to um, for you to a listen to the podcast, donate, blah blah blah, get the newest news. We want it to be all in one location. So, um, yeah, again, if you'd like to, that option's there, but otherwise. Thank you so much for listening. That's all we really want is to see a new listener come along and to say, "Hey, love the episode." So, no, we definitely appreciate it. Yeah, it, it, any and all feedback. Yeah, absolutely. We don't. Yeah, I don't think we've gotten any negative feedback yet, but negative feedback can probably be good. Um, oh, game suggestions, con- constructive criticism. Yeah, there you go. Uh, game suggestions. I mean, it took us nine months to play the first game suggestion we got but we're going to try and do a little bit better at at getting to some games that are recommended to us. Um, we have uh, another episode coming out next month that was also listener suggested, which um which is a game I would never ever have played if not suggested by a listener and it is awakening something in me I can't explain. And uh, you oh, all okay. have to listen to that episode to find out. I haven't started it yet, so okay. that's interesting to hear. Did we re- did we announce what we we're going to do? No, we'll keep it a secret. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Um, yeah. So, uh, if you want to connect with us again, Facebook uh, is probably the best way to do that. Um, but until next time, thank you so much for listening. Um, yes, you thank guys, you very much. Hope you guys are having a great new year so far, and we look forward to, you know, what twenty nineteen has in store for us. Graham, um, I'm I'm really looking forward to the next summer of Nintendo. I, I'm. That was my favorite part of last year. The summer, nice. Nintendo. so I'm really looking forward to doing that again. And, uh, yeah, again, just tell your friends to listen, force them to uh, uh, maybe some sort of in a threatening way. Maybe I find that to be effective sometimes. So, mm. <laughs> all right, good night, everybody. Good night. <laughs>